You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. New chapter this morning in the battle against Ebola. Nickelback are back. The multi-platinum band has just announced a new album and a North American summer. Until you see the flaming butthole, you ain't seen nothing yet. Something good for ya. Everybody and welcome oh, yeah. to this week's edition of the Something Good for You podcast, where we do the wah, where the two of us sit through the bullshit <laughs> and try to find a little something good to give you each and every single week. I'm not doing a second take on that. It's been a long fucking week. Yeah, dude. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Alex Stiff, and sitting beside me as always is the one and only Captain Nun. What's going on, everybody? Work. <laughs> yeah, I feel everywhere you. around. <laughs> it's that time of year, man. Everybody's got to get a. Every, a you know doing music stuff it's uh the kind of live performances and all that kind of winds down for the year so yeah. everybody's got to stay busy somehow yeah yeah we've been doing a bunch of these pre-recorded so this will come out actually uh the week of black friday oh shit oh sweet <laughs> yeah so this comes out on black friday i suppose if what? i'm if i'm doing my math correct no 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 because that's this Friday. We're recording ahead of time. Though, yeah, this this Friday. It'll come out the week after Black Friday. The Chris Morrison episode comes out on Black Friday. That's right. We're getting <laughs> that's some serious. So, yeah, hope y'all enjoyed that one. <laughs> <laughs> As you can tell, we've just been scattered all over the place. We've been doing a whole bunch of extra no time to turns, a whole bunch mm-hmm. of couch potatoes, trying to get ready for the holiday season. Yeah, dude. I've been banking up fucking uh, makeup lessons just because I'm going to be missing a lot this week. Yeah, you were you were talking about makeup lessons. So what what's going on with that? What is that? Well, since I'm uh, mis- missing out on uh, you know Wednesday through Friday of this week, I'm just kind of setting times with families that are in home, just uh, kind of uh, at whatever uh, time is convenient for them because of school and whatnot. And I just come to their houses and uh, kind of you know pick up where we left off and get those squared away because yeah. you know it's contract work. You need those hours. Oh yeah, because that's what I was going to ask. Is like, was it makeup classes for like? I'm sitting here going like, were you having to like? cancel classes to go do shows and then you're just like sorry kids we'll do a makeup class no just holidays and stuff like okay. that yeah that makes sense then no i haven't done that for any shows or anything like that you have to reach these kids i have to reach the kids somehow <laughs> even before the holidays <laughs> my favorite has been uh so far a uh, thing with the kids so far has been when they're like actually wanting to sit down and write music and write songs and stuff oh, like that so where they're they get, at that part now yeah they get that excited and that fired up about it where it's like i want to write stuff where i'm like okay well it's just first chorus bridge uh, what different uh, instruments had you been teaching? Because it seemed like when you were starting out, you were doing everything but drums. It's mostly been drums and guitar now. Like really? I'll go to the uh, Lanny Performing Arts and like show these kids how to play, uh, dr- play uh, you know, certain drum beats. Half the time, it's just like trying to help these uh, kids learn what a one and a two and a three and a four <laughs> is. But it's mostly been guitar and the drums and stuff like that. And uh, I've got one bass student who's incredible he's like my where my brother was when he was 12 years old that red hot chili peppers fan that's just slapping and popping away Mm -hmm. so now i'm just and you're just kind of sitting your own like why are you coming to me yeah basically (laughs) but then i have to reel reel him in and be like all right here's john paul jones and this is how you Uh play a jazz bass line and Mm -hmm. stuff like that here's Uh earth wind and fire and here's how you play uh lead into like verses and choruses and stuff like that so he's the bass uh version of uh what mikey was yeah because uh even before mikey joined the fill-ins uh he 
Cody Ward, which is Russ Ward's son, um, and a few of our other friends uh, would all hang out and they would have like guitar battle like in Cody's room and like they just pass the guitar around, you know, and just kind of like solo battle each other. And Mikey mm-hmm. was just a beast. Oh, yeah. But then, you know, same thing. The Philans was his first real band. As soon as he got behind a drum kit where he had to keep time and gel with everyone, it, it took him a few months to like really get into it. Like I could see it, it was going to work, but it just, it, I, it did take him a little bit. And then when it came to, you know, writing, you know, trying to write in time to a one, two, three, four, you know, in the set and the other, that was just a little bit more lost on him. But then as soon as I was like solo time, Oh, he, he was, he was like letting the dog off the chain. Uh-huh. You know, he didn't even have to think about solo time, which is why that first record is just full of just these absolutely crazy solos. Cause it's like, that was his bread and butter. Exactly. And it's like, he was having to work so hard to like get certain kind of, get his right hand to do a certain kind of rhythm that by the time it was solo, time he was like fuck it <laughs> it, it's crazy how like i'll get the uh uh the super like uh shreddy kids that'll come in and like that are like what you say how yeah, mikey yeah. was where they don't know how to play with people mm-hmm. and then i'll ca- play a guitar along with them or a piano along with them or anything like that just to show them how to play with somebody else yeah because they don't have the clue the slightest clue at first either like they can't keep time or this that and the other but mm-hmm. you know you kind of reel them in and show them again what a two and a four is and oh, then yeah. uh, they're off to the races afterwards Oh yeah, and it's like a and a prime example on that was uh our one of the songs from our first record, Dancing with the Devil. Mm-hmm. For some reason, like that era, like you know that early on with Mikey, God, it's almost been what eight nine years since that record. Yeah, <laughs> It'll be twenty twenty two next year in less than forty days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so rounded up basically ten years ago when that record was done and um. Yeah, so it's like ten year ago, Mikey, he he couldn't get that dinka 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 It's like it was bop 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 bop. It was like it had to be so robotic that like now he is like the king of those blues riffs and all those bends and like getting that snap going. Because a lot of guitar players really, or a lot of young guitar players really don't know how to play behind the beat like that. Yeah, no, no, they really don't. That's just kind of a lost art form especially in like a rock music and that's like a blues thing where like where you play behind the beat and you know most guitar players have been uh the young guitar players that are shredders are learning the same shit that uh you know my friends learned when i was you know 15 16 years old they all want to learn event sevenfold and you know mm-hmm. eddie van halen and randy rhodes and all and now it's more video game music than anything these days and that's odd what but but mikey was ahead of the curb on that one mm-hmm. um he was and i just had to take a look year came out in 2014 yeah, yeah. it's like yeah, it's almost eight years old. God damn. <laughs> but yeah, so um, Mikey was way ahead of the curve on that because when um, when we were just jamming or like he would do his little solo stuff, he started ripping out something really crazy and it's like it would seem semi-familiar and I'm like, what is that? He's like, oh, it's the Dragon Ball Z intro. Yeah. you know, so, Or it's the Power Rangers song. You know, so it's like he was way ahead of that shit and he was already riffing on those old anime, video game, and, you know, TV show intros. And that's what, ha- and now it's what every kid wants to play on guitar because I guess that's the new, uh, you know, guitar music is just video game soundtracks and stuff like that. Well, I mean, even uh, Morrison has talked 
talked about on Couch Potatoes how, you know, sometimes those soundtracks to those old, you know, Sega video games, you know, were just almost as iconic as the game itself. Absolutely. My brother had the metal versions of the, of the if I can even fucking talk, the uh, Metroid Prime fucking soundtrack. And that was, and if you take uh, real instruments to that, it's pretty dark music. And then even on the flip side, I remember in my early days of like getting on the internet and shit, I found what were called chip tunes. What were chip tunes? Chip tunes are basically what we would call today eight bit songs. Oh, okay. It was music translated to what sounded like NES music, but it wasn't called NES music because you could have like a whole bunch of different styles and sounds, but it almost sounded like old ringtones. Okay. But you could get like entire songs like that for free. Like fans were making them. And I found like a whole bunch of old Kiss ones, Ace Frehley solo album ones. Like there was all these really weird songs done in like this, you know, keyboard, you know, almost like ringtone NES Sega kind of sound. And it all turned out really cool. All to the point now where if you go on Spotify, you can actually find what's called 8-Bit Tunes. And there's like entire cover albums for like the Misfits and Ramones and shit like that. And people are (laughs) making all these old punk songs as 8-Bit songs. Now there's guitar pedals that make 8-Bit sounds and things like that too. That's just, uh, we're in an age now where that kind of uh, video game music is not only nostalgic, but you know, people our age and older really uh, are into it and like their kids are really getting into it Mm -hmm. and it's just I guess it's more accessible than say anything that's popular music or hard rock music these days for these kids well I mean I can see the appeal in it I mean we just just described how you know some of those you know old soundtracks were you know basically metal as fuck you Mm -hmm. know so on the flip side you know if there's a pedal that all of a sudden gives a little bit of that you know classic video game sound you know maybe don't make a whole song wrapped around a song sound like that but as like a quick little solo piece or you know a little hook in a song i can absolutely see how that would be effective i can't remember if i put this in the uh uh, group chat in the discord with gear talk but the funniest pedal i ever heard was one from a jet from a from an anime character's laugh in a uh in a pedal that you can use and it's like oh my god it is obnoxious <laughs> and if you watch the demo the people that are playing with it are just dying laughing <laughs> i'll have to find it and show it to you <laughs> oh my god yes no it, but I, I would find all that kind of stuff cool though but no uh talking about just that 8-bit music though i don't know there is just something kind of a alluring to it i mean we've even done 8-bit remixes on some of our songs oh for sure there's a market for that kind of thing and the first one that comes to my head is the uh the x-men theme that uh, came out in 97 too Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. no so i don't know what what what, what sent us on that track i have no idea just (laughs) shreddiness kids these these kids and their uh music taste these days (laughs) yes that's what it was that's what it was but yeah no i and i guess to say all that is you know just keep trying you know, yeah. if you have no sense of rhythm or time, well, neither did Mikey, and look at him now, he's a fucking guitar god. Yeah, just keep trying, <laughs> and if it's just not, and if you're not, if it's not working after X amount of weeks, well, you just have no rhythm, I guess. Yeah, no, no, you don't. <laughs> no, but uh, how you're saying uh, at the uh, top of the show, you know, touring is kind of slowing down, so everyone's kind of having to, you know, slip in as much work as they can. So I've sold my soul again and i'm working retail once again I not, job's a job yeah not, not to be mentioned where if you know me you know where and if you want to really find out you can ask me but um i experienced something new during this hiring process that i've not experienced before yeah do tell the training videos 
I was going to say because of like uh, the shootings and everything else. Well, well, not only that. So when I I've worked at this company before, really narrowing it down now for folks. Um, but it, when I got hired on there, they had a couple training videos, but it was primarily how you, you work the register, um, what to deal, you know, how to how to spot theft, you know, empty bags, you know, empty large bags, yada, yada the fucking basic shit, you know, don't engage, just call security and, you know, they'll blah, 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 whatever. But, and then it was like maybe a 10 minute video and they're like, okay, you're good to go, go on the floor, you know, right. that, that's how it was before. This time... I was sitting there watching videos for two hours. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was two hours worth of video. And two of the longest ones was one was the intro video, which was an entire history of the company. Okay. Like anybody cares. <laughs> it, it was probably the longest 15 minutes of my life. <laughs> and I'm not kidding when I say it was 15 minutes long. <laughs> I remember that specifically. And what I also remember specifically was there was a video that had much different production quality than the rest of them. Um, because most of these, you could tell they were shot on a camera that a CEO thought was going to be good. And then like paid someone on Fiverr to like key out some green screen shit. Like it, it was very, very like shoddily put together. And then all of a sudden, like this B grade short film comes on. <laughs> and I will not for- <laughs> I can't forget the title. Then you get the Tarantino version. <laughs> oh, it's already the Tarantino version. It's called Run, Hide, Fight. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> For a retail job. <laughs> yes, and it was a 20-minute video. And you that probably just 20-minute video. Oh, yeah, this was the fastest <laughs> one. 20-minute video. Was, actually, I think this was closer to 15. I'm completing another one. 15-minute video of what to do if there's a mass shooting. <laughs> this is the world we live in now. It was absolutely insane. And the reason... I was laughing at it, and I'm glad there was no one else in the room. Like, they just, like, sat me in there. Like, it was extremely casual because I worked there before. They were like, you, you probably remember half of this anyway. And they're like, just, just sit in here, initial when you watch the video, and just hand me back the paper. I'm like, okay. So they're like, but you got to watch it because the computer knows if you watch it or not. I'm like, okay. Right. You know, it's like, I'm even joking with them. Like, so I can just, like, say I did it. They're like, no, the computer knows if you did. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know, so they even know it's even bullshit. But, yeah. It starts out like with this hardcore narrator. He goes, sometimes we all wish we lived in a movie, but sometimes reality is worse than an action movie. Oh my God, dead get ser- down! And dead serious. And, and it's like following around this guy that looks like he's like an undercover cop. And then all of a sudden, he takes out this fucking gun from his backpack and starts blowing motherfuckers away. Shit just got real. And the CGI quality of these gunshots and blood spatters. Oh my god, yes. I could have done better. And I (laughs) suck at that part of video editing. Like I am not good at that part of video editing, but I'm even watching this going... Give me an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and people are reacting to it like they're doing the good and the back and the ugly where they're just like, Ugh! 
<laughs> oh, oh, that pe- motherfuckers are like throwing themselves against the yes. wall, <laughs> like overacting like crazy. And the narrator never stops with this sort of tone of voice. <laughs> you wouldn't want this to happen to you, would you? So in a scenario like this, don't try to be the hero. First, if you can, try to run. Get as many people out as fast and as safely as possible. Don't try to be a hero. You know, that kind of thing. Is this motherfucker trying to tell me to bitch out? (laughs) (laughs) And then another one is like, uh, and then it was like, if you're unable to run and get out safely, get as many people as you can together, you know, and it's basically saying, like, look out for one another. And then, you know, if you can't get out, hide. Find a really good hiding spot in this and the other. And then they were, I wish I remembered this part more. At this point, I was like semi checked out because I'm just like, this is absolutely ridiculous. And I bet I can find this online and refresh my memory if I really wanted to. But then they went into this whole thing about like, if you're unable to run and there's no good hiding spot and the only way uh, to preserve your uh, to preserve your life is to fight. Then you fight. Yes, dead serious. And it had like this one guy, like, um, like, it, like the gun was like aimed at his head, and he was just like kind of like sweating it out. And then like all of a sudden he like ducks and like elbows the guy. Like that would fucking work. Yeah, I was gonna say that's totally how it fucking works. <laughs> and then like it, uh, other people like run past him and shit, and then it's like the cops show up, you know, and it's, it's a big old you know gunfight. No one else dies, of course, but everyone's shooting bullets at each other. It was was just the most insane moment in time for me watching this thing so i'm just like i have a mall job yeah <laughs> and this is what's happening i've got to watch this video and it was followed up with two five minute osha videos on how like one was information on bloodborne pathogens of course and then the other one was how to properly clean up a spill <laughs> they were so fucking vague they were just like a spill grab the contaminant bucket for the spill <laughs> are we talking orange juice are we talking blood or are we talking oh, <laughs> from the uh, from the robbery or <laughs> uh, the, the, with with as much fucking hazmat shit this lady was putting on and how many fucking red bags with the fucking you know caution labels on it good lord it might as well have been blood inges <laughs> just a, just spilled cologne or some shit god damn <laughs> so, so it's like all that was crazy and then the one that i i even had to talk to the secretary and even ask her i was like have you watched the harassment video (laughs) (laughs) and she started laughing she goes you're not the first person to ask me that i said look this is the most asinine video i've seen in my life go on please tell me what they say (laughs) like number one they were trying to really make it clear that harassment in the workplace, though uh, sexual in nature, is not always sexual. And then they go on to explain how, essentially, I can sum it up in 30 fucking seconds. Yeah. Be nice. Don't make sexual comments with people that clearly don't want to hear it. Don't talk loudly if you're going to be saying loud cuss words or being derogatory. And just in general, be a nice fucking person at work. Probably, the end. They probably didn't implement that until like uh, you know the Harvey Weinstein shit and all the uh, oh, everything no, no, else no. came there, out. Uh, no, there's there's been sexual harassment type video training videos for companies for a longest time. This is the first time I actually had to sit through one as part of a training like hiring process. And the thing is, is like. <laughs> 
the examples they would give sometimes, like this, this one was crazy. And again, I'm quoting a video. <laughs> there, She goes, now we're going to take a look at a few other examples of what could potentially be harassment. Now, watch this video and tell me if you spot anything that could possibly be an issue. And then it zooms out to these three guys uh, folding shirts and putting them on a display rack. And one's a white boy, uh, one is a Mexican, and another's a Mexican. Right. And they clearly make that, like, they make that a point. Like, it's like you can tell. And the white guy looks up to the uh, Latino guy that's in front of him and he goes, Hey, uh, I heard your dad was on the side of the road this morning looking for work. Pause. And then it shows both the Latino guys laughing. And then the other Latino guy hops in and makes some sort of remark. And then all three of them laugh. And then it fades out. And then the lady comes back on and she goes, so in this video, did you notice anything that could possibly be harassment? Well, if so you d- she goes, well, it depends. Seriously, every scenario except for like outwardly very sexual comments, everything was met with, well, it depends. Except for the sexual comments. Except for the sexual <laughs> But the thing was, is the sexual comments they were using, I'm sitting here going like, if you even tried that at a bar, your ass would get kicked out. <laughs> like, like, like they, they picked the creepiest fucking dude and like the most normal 20s year old looking girl. And like, she, um, the guy walks up to her, he goes... Hey, Christy, how are you doing this week? She goes, oh, I'm, I'm just not doing too good. My sales are down, you know, and this, that, and the other. And my, my review is in two months, you know, and if I don't break my sales quota, you know, we, I could possibly get, you know, a pay cut. And, you know, I, didn't, I don't want to do that, you know. And he goes, oh, it's going to be okay. We've got the holiday season coming up. That's when everyone winds up making up their bonuses. Come here, let me give you a hug. And is like trying to like aggressively hug her. <laughs> yes. And then like, and then it like clips to another one where she, he, same guy walks up to a different girl and he's like, hey, yeah, hey, Christy, how are you doing? She goes, oh, I'm fine. I just, I feel like I slept on my back row. My shoulders are just really hurting. He's like, well, let me rub them for you. <laughs> freeze. Yes. And, and that's exactly what happened. It's like, freeze. Now, though very well-intentioned and probably not harmful at all, this would be considered sexual harassment. And they went on this whole thing about sex, like sexting people. Oh, my God. And here was the fucked up thing. Not, and I was listening carefully for this, not once did they say it's against company policy to date your coworker. Not once did they mention that. And the reason I was paying attention to it is they were dancing around it and finding (laughs) every little thing to say except it's not allowed. Because they were going, it's not encouraged, but... Not even. They didn't even touch on that side. They were just like... um. I'm, I'm trying to remember because because they they connected it in such a way that it made sense when they were talking about it like this like okay yeah this would be the natural thing you would say next as to not do but like it was it was something along the lines of um um 
when, when you make friends with people in the workplace, um, bear in mind that uh, anything you text them, they can later use if your friendship goes sour uh, <laughs> and, you know, use that for possible sexual harassment cases. Also be mindful of giving personal gifts like lingerie, <laughs> even though well-intentioned <laughs> and though appreciated by the person at the time. Yes, very much appreciated, I guess, in the sense. Scenarios. <laughs> uh huh. And it's like, and again, I'm sitting here going, I'm like, they're talking about like y'all fucking, yeah, <laughs> and y'all aren't saying don't do that. You're just saying keep it on the DL. Basically, that's literally what they were saying. They were just like, if it's gonna happen, just fucking keep it on the DL, y'all. Like, don't make it so fucking obvious. And if you're gonna make mildly racist comments, just be be in the right context. Seriously! Like, that's... Like, that was, like, the whole harassment video, and that's why I was, like, asking the girl, I'm like, have you watched this video? (laughs) She's like, it is pretty crazy. I'm like, I know! I want to see them make a video set up like that, like, at a back of a house at a restaurant or some shit like that. (laughs) Oh, and, oh, talking about it reminded me of another scene. Uh, This was during one of the sexual harassments, and this was one of the it depends ones he goes uh, she goes uh now watch this video tell me if you notice anything that can be a possible issue um this girl walks uh, it, it shows like this manager type guy uh, and he goes yeah yeah uh, we, we need to make sure uh this end cap is straightened out you know and uh, these, these shirts need to be straightened up and she's like okay she already starts up working on it someone else walks up and he goes well hey uh jenny um uh, I saw you at the uh, he's like I missed you at the party last night and she was like oh yeah I'm so sorry I'll, I'll have to make it up to you I did get this nice uh, black dress oh, oh that's what it was he goes uh, I, I missed you at the party and I was thinking about you that's what he said and she goes oh you were thinking about me oh I'm sorry about that I guess I'll just have to make it up to you and hang out another time I actually picked up this really cute black dress and he goes oh well I guess now I'm thinking about you in that black dress freeze hey, exactly <laughs> And then it froze. And she goes, now, do you see a problem here? And in my brain, I'm sitting here going, no, she's flirting back. Yeah. You can shut the fuck up. <laughs> this and, is on her. Uh-huh. And then she goes, it depends. <sighs> and, and this and this was their excuse. And this is the reason why I know they're just tiptoeing around this bullshit. They go, though mutually reciprocal between, <laughs> you know, what's her nuts and what's his head. The girl folding the shirts could possibly become uncomfortable by the conversation. But clearly she wasn't. (laughs) Well, even if she doesn't show it, Mm. this, that, and the other, just just being mindful, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, that was the it depends. Uh, Is She's not even, even though she's not outwardly showing the, uh, the the third party, even though they're not outwardly showing that they're offended, it could be stuff that they just don't want to hear. So you should be very mindful of the comments you make to coworkers or spouses, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. And I'm just sitting here going, I'm like, wow, y'all could just easily nip this in the bud by going, your coworkers are coworkers. Don't fuck them. Yeah. Just didn't need, I didn't need a 15 minute video on this. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm sitting here going, I'm like, I didn't get into this job to find a date i got into this job to sell some shit and make some money yeah (laughs) last thing i want is to fucking wind up dating someone i work with something go bad which is what they're explaining in the video and something go bad and all of a sudden it's just like it's hell on earth because you work in the same fucking establishment that's why most places say don't fuck your co-workers (laughs) 
<laughs> be mindful of your responses. But if she's given the the game back, get that game on, brother. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Speaking of responses, this is another multiple reasons why I know that they're not quote-unquote discouraging dating in the workplace for some bizarre reason because they're like uh here's another example of uh someone taking it just a little too far that was it was like a little too far segment rather and and it showed up this guy and he was just like hey uh i got a party going he's like walks out this chick. hey i got a party uh this friday you should totally come out it's like uh, no, no, I'm, I'm just not really interested. Well, why don't we just go on a date then? She's like, no, I'm sorry. I'm just not really interested in you. And walks away. Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that makes sense. You're all like, fuck. And, um, and then she walks away. And then it fades into another scene. And he walks up and he's like, hey, I missed you at the party Friday. I invited you. She's like, yeah, no, I already said I'm not interested in you. Like that. And then this when it goes back to the person like, see, he's taken it a bit too far. After the first rejection, he should have just walked away. <laughs> like that, that sort of shit. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, Don't thanks. Don't be that guy. Yeah, and I'm like, thanks, Mom. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but again, I'm sitting here going, I'm like, you literally just showed me an example of a coworker trying to ask out a coworker and you didn't cut back and just go, don't be this dude. Yeah. <laughs> she just went, if someone rejects you the first time, just take the hint in so many words. I'm just like, no, that, that's when I just like kind of push that lady off to the side. Like, no, 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 uh, and again, that was the funny thing about these videos is I'm sitting here going, I'm like, even if you tried this shit in a bar, yeah, no, <laughs> it wouldn't work. So it's just like, at least give like some like better examples. <laughs> Don't be that guy tonight on such and such uh, sm- uh, mall drama or whatever the uh, voice was doing. <laughs> oh God, yeah. It was funny too. Is um apparently the the person that hired me kind of like alerted foes being like you know he sold this stuff before you know he knows what he's doing yada 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 and like come to find out one of my co-workers is someone i used to uh conjecturally work with at my old location like oh, the, nice. they, they were in a different section but like we were aware of each other and sent customers back and forth we had to work together just not in the same bay well right. now she's basically my bay manager and so to speak so it's like so that was cool i was like hey Hey, all right, cool. She's like, it's like, all right, we're the dream team. We've got this. And then her other coworker is very sour and bitter. And, <laughs> and she kept throwing like the, okay, so this is your first day. Oh, you don't have your full login thing. Oh, okay, well, I guess that's fine. I mean, when, when you work with customers, you know, just send them our way. We'll just go ahead and ring them up. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's cool. That's fine. You know, just totally like just nothing is affecting me because I know I'm going to be fine. Right. And, th- and then like, she was like micromanaging tiny things and then she would always throw out she's like well well, you'll learn you'll learn and i was like okay okay sure thing sure thing just being condescending like a motherfucker big time but i'm just like nothing but smiles behind my mask you know smiling with the eyes and the Mm -hmm. tone of voice like oh okay yeah 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 no i've got thank you so much no i appreciate it you know just totally kissing ass and then a customer came up and started asking questions about products I specifically knew about. Like it was shit I used to sell. Yeah. And it's like, it all came back like the fucking back of my hand. I was like, well, this is that, and this is this, this is this, yada, yada, yada. Well, what's the difference between these two? Oh, well, there's going to be mild differences between these two. Primarily, this is going to be a yada, 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 blah, 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 blah. And this is a blah, 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 blah. And like, 
she was like semi hovering behind me and I'm just knocking it out of the park. <laughs> and and they're like, Oh, well, I think you, I think I like this one. And I did the upsell. I was like, well, if you like this one, you probably want to actually get with this version because it's going to be a little bit more highly concentrated than the side of the other. Yada, yada, yada. We actually have a gift set where you actually get the yada, yada, blah, 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 saving 20 bucks. And she's like, Oh yeah, I'll just get that. I turned Boom. around gave, and then I handed it to the one that had been snide the whole time. I was like, you're up. Yep, <laughs> and I had it to her, and she just kind of like looked at me and just walked behind the counter, like rung it up, and I'm just kind of still perusing, just talking to people as they walk by. She walks up, she goes, "What in the world was that?" I was like, "I told you, I know what I'm doing." And she's like, "You're gonna have to teach me a few things." I said, "That's fine, you'll learn." Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it was just it was it's hilarious being like all day her just giving me shit, and all of a sudden it was just like bam. Okay, it's your turn. Here you go. You can ring up yep. my sale. I'm handing it to you. Enjoy. <laughs> this won't happen tomorrow when I have my password. Yeah. <laughs> Next time you better shut the fuck up, bitch. Basically. <laughs> and then after that, she was like, well, how long were you selling? I was like, two years. I said, and, like, and she was like, oh, well, you know, I was like, yeah, and like 75% of what's here is everything I used to sell. I said, so I've only got to get caught up on like maybe 10 items. And she was like, oh, wow, okay. I was like, yeah. I said, I've got this. I said, don't worry about me. Yeah. <laughs> so I got this product line back and forth, darling. Oh, yeah. Sweetheart. Basically. And, and, and it's like, you know, and I'm like cleaning the cases and shit. This is like, we were slow. And she's like, oh, you like cleaning? And I just kind of looked up at her. I was like, yeah, when there's nothing to do, you clean. I said, much like the human being, if something is presentable, it's more attractive. <laughs> just in roast mode oh yeah and she's like well I'll get you a few more paper towels in I was like well actually you can help me by starting on the other side <laughs> she was just standing around fucking doing nothing god damn <laughs> nah I, I go in places and I crack whips boy you think I crack whips with you and Mikey and everyone else uh uh-uh, uh they don't stop with y'all so next thing you know you're gonna be store manager <laughs> oh that's the thing is like the, the hiring manager that like put me on she like checked on me midway through the day she's like how you doing I was like oh I've already knocked so and so down a peg or two and I've said I've made two half sales and gave them to them and she was like Really? I said, yeah. I said, I know what I'm doing here. She goes, walk and talk with me. <laughs> and it's like, we just start walking. She's like, okay, so what do you think of so-and-so? And then, like that, immediately just started gossiping with me. And then I was just like, you know, I said, it is what it is. She goes, okay, well, your job is to keep people in check then. So you are store manager now. <laughs> kind of, or Bay Area manager. It's, it's like, I have operations manager, uh, the person that I used to like semi-work with at the old location. I still see her as above me. I always see her above me. But she's like, you're keeping everyone in check. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> work your way up that ladder bud I, it depends man I mean I'm still I'm still kind of looking at this and going into this as like the temporary thing until like maybe February or March I just I want to go in and absolutely slay during that time that way when I do go yo guys I'm leaving or either you got to put me a part time where it's like I pick my hours kind of thing right they'll, they'll be accepting of either letting me go and then hiring me back again for the next holiday season or they'll work with me and let me work write my own schedule there you go <laughs> it's like how do you feel kind of where you are uh, speaking of which on like on your um, say with uh, Stiff Media and all that where do you see yourself as far as your accomplishments for this year very slow going um, mainly and, and it and I guess it also just, hell, oh, there were some grievances. It, it mainly came from the thing of, I thought it was going to be different than pushing the fill-ins. I thought it was going to be different than pushing the podcast. Because when I was pushing the band and the podcast, that was specific 
media-oriented things that you have to be a fan of in order to enjoy. Yeah. Now I'm just pushing a service. Right. And I thought that the groundswell would be a little bit more. I thought the interaction would be a little bit more, and it wasn't. And just like the other two things. So, in essence, the reason I'm even having to get back into retail is because it didn't roll the way I needed it to. All my clients wound up being out of state. Yeah. So, it's like the, the people that would actually pay me. And hell, even the guy that was texting me, you know, not tuck, not like machines. Someone else that was texting me, fucking Atlanta. You know, God it's just it. like, so it's like <laughs> right before the show. So, it's like all my clients are out of state. So, until I'm able to really build up a better groundswell of people locally that are interested in that sort of thing, I'm I'm always just going to be kind of stuck spinning those wheels. But at the same time, I've come this far. I can't give it up. No. I'm, just, I'm just having to take that temporary paycheck of, you know, selling my soul to fucking retails because I've done it since I was 16. I fucking know it. I can shuck and drive that shit all day long and then just get the fuck out whenever I need to. And it's not like those uh, Atlanta fish are like small fish at the same time either, though. So it's a no. good sign. No, they're not. So it's just like it's been beneficial. And if anything, it's been mentally beneficial. Yeah. Because being able to have the mental freedoms and the time freedom to honestly just do whatever the fuck I needed to, whatever the fuck I wanted to, whenever I wanted to, really just set priorities straight. Yeah. And really kind of gave me the line of, well, what are the important things in life? And I quickly found out, it don't take a lot of money to make me happy. <laughs> Same. Same. I quickly found that out. It's like, I'm still extremely money motivated. I still want a really good little pocket of cash that I've never had. But at the same time, money don't make me happy. It don't take a lot of money to make me happy. As long as I, like, I found out, like, I can live on, like, a hundred a week. Yeah, like, like seriously, like I've, I've been, I've cut down my expenses, and it's like I found out I can live on a hundred a week, and it's like, and I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> I was watching that doc on uh, Fat Records where the they talked with Fat Mike about uh, getting Fat Records off the ground, and uh, he had that realization where it's like, oh, you only need like eight grand to live. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so he's like, shit, I could do that. <laughs> yeah, no, so it's like you know, so it's like. And so expenses were just extremely cut down and I found that I can live on, you know, roughly between a hundred to two a week. And I'm just like, okay, as long as I can make a little bit more than that each week, yeah, I'm okay. And it's like, it's freelance work. So it's like, there'd be, you know, three weeks straight. I would net $0, but then all of a sudden I would get a decent payday that would make up for those couple of weeks. And then I was just like, okay, well now it's like, okay, now I'm back at zero. <laughs> let, let me keep working. And then it's like, and then it's like other little things will trickle in here and there. So it's like, okay, wow, I'm actually in the positive of a hundred dollars this week. And then it's like three weeks go by and then nothing again. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> but again, that wouldn't be the problem if I had local clients, because mm -hmm. if there was local clients, hop on the goddamn bus, cover a fucking show, get some cash at the end of the night. Boom. I'm solid. Yeah. But no, that's, that just wasn't the case. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know. And hell, we'll get real deep with it. I don't know which side to really blame. And it's kind of why I just kind of am non-emotional about it. Because I do I do feel that a part of it is me. I feel that a part of it is just people not giving a fuck about anything I post. It's been that way for a very long time. I, can, I That's why I post a lot on stories. 
That way I can confirm who sees my shit. Yep. And it's like, same with me. I have the same motherfucker. It's like maybe 20 fuckers that see my shit like every time. And then I'll get that full, a little bit of a, you know, feed of like, you know, 70 or something like that once in a blue moon or something like that. But anytime I post something on Facebook or something like that, you know, that's not a band related thing, not Mm -hmm. a podcast related Mm -hmm. thing, not a creative related thing. I'm always like talking shit or something like that. Then I'll get the fucking 70 responses or some shit like that. So it's like, I I always teach teeter between the whole is facebook just not showing the shit is instagram just not showing the shit or just people just genuinely don't support the shit i try putting out and it's like and i'm not saying that to be negative i'm not saying that to be bitter it's just okay the audience i've cultivated over the last 10 years just doesn't give a shit i need to find a different audience and that's fine but it's still one of those situations of was you motherfuckers would have told me sooner so I wouldn't have been wasting my goddamn time. <laughs> Charlotte's just like, you know, I'll go ahead and say it on the mic. Charlotte's just not a great place for the arts in general or any media th- or uh, media or anything like that for like, say what we do, which is music and, you know, uh, entertainment and things like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, but at the same time though, and this is not a comparison type thing. I'm not saying this out of even jealousy. I'm just saying it as a comparison You've been able to make a name for yourself in the music world. You can show up places and people want to talk to you. You get gigs. You are a working musician locally. You have a lot of local clients. It blows my mind, too, that in Charlotte I've been able to do that, even though like the the amount of bands I've played with have been kind of passing in the past year, too. And But you're still getting the calls. That's true. That's that, true. That's my point. And, and I can easily say this. I've got a lot more followers and traffic on my pages than you do. Yeah. So, and you're making the same kind of posts I do when it comes to promoting our own shit. So you're reaching a smaller audience and getting more calls. I'm reaching a wider audience and getting nothing. It's, so I can't, that, so, I can't so, say how that works. Exactly. Then. <laughs> Again, and, I'm not, and you can see it on my face. I'm not saying that out of anger. I'm not saying yeah. that out of jealousy. I'm proud of you. I'm seriously fucking proud of you. And that's part of the reason I'm proud of you. I was like, motherfuckers even got like a smaller reach and he's fucking knocking it out of the park. You know, so I say it out of love, but I'm also sitting here going, I'm like, well, that does lead into my, my motherfuckers don't give a shit. (laughs) I guess with, I don't know what it is. Like, I just like, uh, I can't tell you what it is. I just kind of go out and uh, try to my whole thing. I've been thinking about it the last few weeks as far as like what like the, the reason I asked you about uh, how you felt about stiff media is because I've been thinking about what I've been doing for the past year, what my what I've learned and what my uh, future goals need to be and things like that. And it feels like the only thing I've learned so far this year is that I'm good at being in bands. That's been about <laughs> it. <laughs> well, um, you've learned how to record on your own. Yeah. Because I haven't seen that other Zoom recorder. It's been in your possession the entire fucking time, so you've been fucking around with that the entire year. I've got a tiny little library. I haven't been doing it for a minute now, but I've got a tiny little library just on my desktop ready to go now, and that's just been through that Zoom recorder and a couple mics and stuff like that so far. And I mean, man, I mean, I'll, I'll draw a comparison of trajectory of, you know, me doing the similar shit that you're starting to do now. I mean, hell, with me, it started out as just grabbing random pieces of audio and stitching it together 
that sounded like the something good intro. Yeah. And that's part of the reason that intro sounds so fucking fun and cool is that was the first kind of edits I was making. I was just grabbing random snippets and like, you know, adding fuzz effects on top and making it sound like it was coming through shitty radios or th- shitty TVs. I always love making those kind of edits as a kid. I've still got like maybe three or four of them on my computer that are just like my favorite moments of songs that just like have pst- in the middle of it. It yeah. sounds like someone's clicking a TV or a radio. Mind's eye is a radio. I'm sure it was a TV sound effect, but you know, audio, you hear, you think radio. Exactly. So it's like, so I would just piece those things together and make little one minute compilations of like my favorite little moments and songs. So I never really started big. And then when it came to recording, I didn't have an interface. I didn't have jack shit. I didn't have any of that. I didn't even have a microphone. Just nope. a little built-in one on the... Oh, you didn't even have an interface. You're right. No, I didn't have an interface, a microphone, anything. The way I recorded, dead serious. You know those uh, extender jacks that are uh, gold, and it's like you can plug in, like say, a headphone jack, and it turns into like a guitar jack size? Yeah. Okay, follow me here. On the back of the computer is the microphone input jack, and it's the same diameter as a headphone jack. Um. Same diameter as a line-in cable. Okay. I would take that, hear me out here, take that, plug that into the back of the computer, plug the extender on the other end, plug it into a guitar pedal, <laughs> then plug my guitar into that, pull up WavePad, which is the audio editor I've used ever since I was a wee lad, mm-hmm. pulled that up, crank the volume on that as loud as it could go, and turn down the tone on the guitar pedal because Isn't it was nothing wild? but shriek. <laughs> and and it's like it sounded like garbage, but guess what? I now could record digital guitar files. <gasps> oh, it, oh man, it it opened up a world of possibilities. It's, 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 so it's like, was it good? No. Could I sync up tracks? No. Did I have a click? No. I didn't have any of that. But it's like the will pre- uh, pre- prevail. It does. So I didn't learn jack shit on any of that until we went to record Hipster Killers. Oh, that okay. Because mm-hmm. I took the mixing and mastering on that myself. We recorded everything at Barry's. And then he just gave me the master files of the stems. And he's like, where well, you go. Because I was like, I can mix this. I've been doing small little mixing here and there. And that whole first record was mixed by me. Now, I was a dumbass and half the record is in, uh, the drums are in mono. mono. Because I forgot <laughs> to split those. Because I split it up in like three different sessions. And I forgot on the last session to separate out my drums. So, yeah, there's a checkerboard record in there. If you really pay attention, <laughs> the drums are mono. Or the cymbals are mono for a good handful of songs because of my dumbass. Whatever, it's a vibe. Yeah, it's a vibe. <laughs> I, wait a minute, I did it on purpose. Yes. I did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was my first real forte into doing it was mixing in uh, later on. I sent it off to uh, Bowman to master it, I think, or like I, I forget who I got to master it. I, did, I didn't do it myself. I think it was Bowman. I remember seeing his name on the release. I know for a fact he pre-compressed my vocals for me. Okay. Because I got it to the point where I was really happy with the mix, but I couldn't get my vocals to lay in proper. And I sent him a message. I was like, dude, what's my problem? He's like, oh, you just need to put a better compressor on it. And the compressor I had, again, it wasn't like a true mixing program. It's the same thing I used to mix my podcast. I was about to I was about to ask. If, yeah, uh, it wasn't even which, like a uh, true mixer. Okay. So I'm just getting bare bone in it. And so it's like I sent him a rough mix. And I was like, I'm really happy with where the instruments are. I said, but my vocals are like... Like, 
all over the place. I said, they're really loud in some spots. I said, my compression program just does not sound right. It's cutting it way too hard. He's like, oh, well, let me just throw a preamp on all of them. He's like, send me all your vocals and backgrounds. So I was like, I sent them all to him, and he like threw a certain compressor on. He's like, now put that in the mix. And I put that in. I was like, oh, shit, hear it now. Now it sounds right. So it's like, that was, I remember him doing that. I just don't remember what the mastering process was like. Because so that's like I know for a fact he did that. Maybe he did do a little master on the rest of it, but I don't know. Maybe he just did a loudness check on it. I don't remember. But either way, that was my first real dive into it, and it was a combination of just the little things I picked up doing. You know, the little mixing of songs or co- compilations of songs rather, and then it's like in those settings I found like my bass and treble and everything else, and I'm right. like, oh, okay, so that ooh, that's how I can actually do better mixes and really good booming mm-hmm. sounds and crackles. And, ooh, eight hours later (laughs) i've learned nothing except how to do this (laughs) so no so in the end it winds up just turning into a situation of i just was working with the tiniest bit i had then i got an iphone or i kind of got an iphone around the same time i started doing hipster killers and then i had garage band on there now I could actually sync up tracks and I had a click track and I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. So if I plug in headphones, that don't have a microphone. It overrides it and it uses the phone microphone. So I can set that next to the amp, listen to my click track. And now I can actually record real guitar demos. I was going to say, that's what we got those fucking fifth time gem- uh, demos, right? Exactly. So it's like, all that was, was just like, Ooh, I have a new tool. Let me just apply the little things I've learned along and along. Now I have a leg up that I can learn the extra new things. Yep. So then the phone version of GarageBand got me ready for the computer version, which has a lot more features. And then that's how we were able to do those multi-track high quality demos. Uh-huh. So it wasn't just, oh, I watched a couple of YouTube videos and now I just know what I'm doing. No, it started with me just tinkering with this shit at like 13 to all the way now in my late twenties. I go, as long as I got this thing in my computer, I can get us high quality demos to where we can re- even re-record over guitar tracks and make it sound how we want. Give it to a producer and go, how's this sound? Exactly. <laughs> that's the easiest way to do it. Have the song ready and just pitch it to whoever you're going to record with. Yeah. So again, so, don't look at, you know, the only thing you really learned this year is that you're just good in bands. Take that as the thing you learned this year is you were in a rock band, a country band, a bunch of cover bands. Yeah. You, you learned how to play a bunch of different styles and you bought a drum set. You've been yeah. teaching yourself drums. If your end goal ends up being the same where if you get a home studio, all of a sudden, you're Mr. Session Player recording extraordinaire. Not only do you have the room, but you have the ability to go in and go, no, 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 no. It needs to be like this. Pick up the bass, play it. Pick up the guitar, play it. Sit behind the drums and be like, motherfucker, it's on the floor. You know? So it's like. my turn to motherfucker, everybody. Exactly. So, what did you learn this year? You learned your instruments. Yeah, I did. That's learned the way the to look at it. That, yeah, that kind of feels like, a, especially with. T- teaching helps out a lot with that kind of thing too because i'm learning from like the rick Beatos of the world and mm-hmm. like all these online sources and everything else and like you know the kids themselves that are better than me you know sometimes they have to show me a thing or two and i'm humble about that shit I don't oh yeah care. it's like because i'm giving them something in return oh yeah and, and that and exactly it's like they're it's like all the time it's like you wind up 
and again, even when it comes to our songwriting differences, you will blow me away by a simple fucking three chord song. You repeat those three goddamn chords the entire <laughs> song, and I'm sitting here enthralled the entire time, going like, "Yeah, yeah, it's about not. Oh, it's only a slight change. He just reversed it now. Oh, but then he's back at the thing. Now he's just holding the note. Ooh, and it's like you you will amaze me with a goddamn three chord song. Me, I have to have three fucking changes in it. A little walk, a little high, a little. It's got to break away from the solo. It's like I've, I've got to have all these little things in it. So it's like that's where I feel like we work really good as songwriters is I can bring a jumbled up mess and you're like, OK, let's tone it down. Let's, you know, let's maybe kind of smooth out this segment. We can kind of do this and then I'll hear a song of yours. And I'm like, dude, yes, we just got to add a walk <laughs> or like we just got to add this one little part. And then we're done. <laughs> I think that came from recording country that uh, Kelsey record be- or just country music in general, just because like the songs were already there, like, you know, on acoustic guitar or ukulele. And all we did was just like paint colors on top of it. Mm-hmm. I think that's where all that came from. It's like, well, there's a song. And then all we just put, let's put guitars here. Oh, let's put everything else here. So that's just kind of, you know, if the song is there, that just makes the job a lot easier. And, and for me lately, it's like, I've been slowly breaking out of it, but it's like my writer's block has been horrible. And it's like, and it comes from, not even like feeling inspired because I feel inspired all the time. But then it's like I pick up the guitar and I can't find the first note. That's what's hardest is finding the first note. Because it's like I'll rock an A and then it's like I'll hear a million things that I've done that start in A or like a million ideas I've had that start in A. And then I'm just like, oh, no, 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 no. And then I'll hit a G. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, now I'm getting a completely different vibe and idea. And then I'll start kind of playing the G a little bit. And then I'm just like, ah, fuck, no, this is actually so-and-so shit. Okay, no, 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 no. What was my original thought? What was my original thought? <laughs> fuck! And then, and then it's gone. So it's like I'm sitting here and it's like, so again, my problem is just finding the first note. I can walk around all day with like this cool harmony in my head or a little melody or, you know, cool rhythm. But it's like as soon as I sit down with the guitar, I can't find what that first note is. Hmm. I was trying to think of like uh, my process. It's like, uh, you know, it's one of those deals where it's like, I have to write everything down. I mean, you do the same thing oh, yeah. probably. It's like kind of like going out in the garden. It's like turning over a stone. It's like, oh, there's a fucking idea. That mm-hmm. kind of thing. Well, but, I mean, hell, but, last night I just went through the old voice memos and I found a demo that we recorded together in January of this year. Was that back in January? It was the- back in January, my dude. God. <laughs> yeah. Timestamp was January see, when we were working on see, that See, that's my problem. I'll hit a wall with a fucking song <laughs> and then just like forget about it. <laughs> well, I completely forgot about it too, but it's like just trying to break through writer's block. I was like, well, I record fast demos all the time. Let me see if there's something I've recorded months ago that'll re-inspire me that I can like work off. And then I found one that we were playing together that was primarily your riff. And then I heard like what I was doing on top and I'm like, no, I don't like what I was doing, but I like this part. But if we change this one part, again, what I've always said about your simplistic songs, yeah. I'm like, but if we change this one part, but ironically, I made it more simple. <laughs> like you were more busy in it. And I was like, ironically, if I actually simple this part up a lot more, and then we go wild in this fun little riff during the chorus. That's what I did with one of, that's what I did with one of Mikey's parts with one of the things I put together. Where it's like, yep. all right, now I hear Mikey's riff over this one thing that I've been uh, working on. And his, and uh, the Mikey song was something we hit a wall with. But what if we take this one thing and ah, puzzles? Oh, yeah, no, the Mikey <laughs> song we hit such a wall with, we got rid of it for these three songs we recorded. Yep. <laughs> because we were kind of going into it. goes like, well, we've got four songs ready. 
Well, no, we had three songs ready. That's what it was. And then, like, we hit such a wall. Like, I remember as clear as day, we were at Mikey's house. And it's like, we were just hanging yeah. out for the night. And it's like, with the idea of just kind of hanging out, just having a bro night, but also, like, semi-writing session on lyrics. Yeah. Because we were wanting to focus on lyrics that night. And so it's like, you know, you were throwing out your ideas. I was throwing out my ideas. We were piecing together um, Something's Gotta Give and uh, Sugarcoated. Sugar-coated. We were kind of we piecing those together pretty well. And then we got to what was going to be the third song. And it's like, we had an idea. And I was mainly spearheading it. And I was like, I have an idea. It, it's in fiction. I said, but if we make it work, it's going to be fucking amazing. And I was like, but I just want to stay away from like these key phrases. And it's like, if we can stay away from these key phrases and keep it in this vibe, we fucking nailed it. And it's like, we were able to come up with choruses. Like we were coming up with chorus harmonies, but we could not figure out what the fuck to do during the verses. Like to the point where like Mikey and I are like pacing, like just going, no, no. It was just utter silence for a minute. Oh yeah. Like we were just all just sitting there going like, there's, I don't know what to put on top of this for a verse. Like nothing works. <laughs> like what did we do? How did we write something we can't put lyrics over? <laughs> and it's like you get to a point where you you don't want to force anything. Yep. And then dead serious during that um, little skim I went through, it was a week later. Mikey and I, uh, well, the three of us were over here. Mikey came over and we were just working out the lyrics a little bit more. And then he started going, damn, damn, bam, 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 like as a country riff. Yeah. And I was like, play that straight. And he started playing it straight. I was like, dude, I said, is that something? He's like, no, I just started fucking with it. I was like, keep playing that. And that's like, I ran upstairs, grabbed my acoustic, and it's like, I've got it on my phone, the original version from that day. It did not change much. And but that would that just came up uh, together in a day. In a day. Like a couple hours. Like it was just <laughs> like Okay, I vote that's the third song. Because this yeah. is like my new favorite, and that's what turned into Wild Ride. <laughs> Do you ever just write out anything uh, that uh, started off as words first before the music came? Yeah. Um a few. Um Primarily from the first and second record, actually. Uh, there was a few of them that I kind of started with lyrics on that and then eventually put uh, music on top of. Um, I know Hot Summer Night started with lyrics. Um, Violence and Sin started with lyrics. Um, I think that's still a good song. It is, but I don't know. That, that If we were to revisit that, I'd really want to just completely redo it. Right, music-wise. To an extent, yes. I don't know. Just my overall delivery on that. I've kind of gone back and listened to it over the last few months, and eh, I don't know. I feel you. But yeah, that that one started with lyrics, and I'm kind of blanking on the rest, and Discord is blowing up. If you want to join our Discord, hit that link in the episode description. But no, uh, pull up the records here. Um, Let's see. Actually, we'll we'll go through it. I'll I'll go through (laughs) a quick little thing. Uh, Let Go, that was recorded in Roanoke. Um with the other guy Jason and I remember that started with the intro riff after the or after the main little drum intro we started just kind of riffing on that for a minute yeah so that that was music first save the rock was music first drinking again was that jam yeah uh, we did band practice uh Eyes that started with lyrics first that actually started yeah that started lyrics first Bastard Society was music first Dance Was the Devil's music uh, not your God was music mainly because I just like the music and I just put something on top of it. 
uh, Give It To Me. That was a Mikey riff, so he brought that in first. Never Say Die, that started with the bass. Traveling Band cover, Violence and Sin was lyrics. Shut the Fuck Up was written by the guy in Virginia. Okay. Uh, so I don't know the process on that one. I just remember completely rearranging it. He, he just brought in a demo of the song and went... Okay, yeah, that's cool. If we do this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and this to it, you get okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't know what the process on that was. Hipster killers, man, I don't remember. I don't know if that started lyrics or music first. Still, such an angry punk song. It was. Now, I just I don't remember on that one. And then fifth times a charm. I think most of this was music first, aside from hot summer night. Gotcha. Kind of just doing a quick scroll. Uh, I think the only the only one I couldn't say for sure was "No Strings Attached" was a leftover co-written by the guy in Virginia. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, "Deaf Right Ear" was "Deaf Right Ear" was lyrics first. That's what that one was. Yeah, "Deaf Right Ear" the uh, the tribute to Joe Young that was lyrics first. Yeah, so uh, lyrics first on "Deaf Right Ear" and "Hot Summer Night." The rest was music first. Okay. And then, and then I think actually everything on Time Is Now was music first. So one of the new ones I've been working on, like the one I just showed you before we started uh, rolling, I, I started just writing just words out that I thought sounded good. And then I started playing around with like some old music that I've been working on and started putting that together with it. And just went, oh, okay, this kind of works. My problem is, and I, and I actually did that uh, actually a few days ago. I wrote out like almost like half a song, like like enough verses. I just didn't have any chorus. Like I put out, like I wrote down enough verses to make a song. I just don't have a chorus. But it's like I wrote it all out. But then at the same time, what I find that happens is when I write out lyrics first, I have another song in my head and I'm almost rewriting the lyrics completely. Like I'm not borrowing lyrics and just kind of replacing certain phrasing. Like I'm completely rewriting the lyrics, but I'm almost writing it in the beat and in the style that it would be the other song. So mm-hmm. then it comes down to what was I talking about earlier? I'll sit here and I'm like, what's my first note? <laughs> well, I can't start here. That's kind of what inspired this one. So maybe I could go start on this. Well, now I'm just doing the exact same rhythm. I want to break away from the rhythm a little bit because I can still make it fit. Yeah, uh, that's, my, that's another one of my problems is rhythms. It's like, oh, this is like one of my go-to rhythms, but it still just uh, doesn't really work but it's a foundation of some kind just to have it you know yeah so it's like I, that that winds up being my problem in this like do i hold this note for a while is, is it a walkie is it you know is it staying on this almost the entire verse you know what what am i doing i don't know mm-hmm. i was originally writing it over this song and <laughs> i don't want to rip that song off <laughs> oh, i know and i'll fight that all the goddamn time too like I, i'm having that problem right now uh, with uh like a just an instrumental part, but you know, that's one of those things where you just kind of flip as you uh, get spend time with pieces of music and stuff like that too. Yeah. And I've also found that I, even if I feel like I'm ripping something off, if I spend enough time away from it, if I come back to it, I'll forget what I was ripping off. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, I forgot now. Now this is something brand new. So I can think of it with like a completely fresh mind. Exactly. No, this shit's fun though. Oh, it definitely is. No. uh, And honestly, man, um, we can kind of talk about this. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that and what are we listening to. But no, I, I've just been trying to get like different songwriting inspirations because it's like that. That's one of the other things I found. It's like I quickly noticed when I did that Facebook 
uh, thing where it was like, what are your favorite songwriters? Yeah. It's like, I started listing all of them and it's like, I kind of started mentally like hearing them as I was typing them out and they're all so similar. Yeah. Which is a cool thing, which means I'm consistent on what I actually like, but at the same time I'm going, well, this is why I feel a little stagnant in my songwriting is every time I go to write something, it feels like a cross between Super Suckers and Kiss. Right. Which is like my two main music inspirations because I was like, I was like Eddie Spaghetti, Paul Stanley, and then it's like Diddy Ramone. I was like, well, that falls under Super Suckery kind of vibes. Right. And then it's like, and then it's like uh, uh, Phil Alanit. Oh, that's Super Suckery too. I was going to say, like, that's, I was Eddie Spaghetti's guy yeah, and everything so, too. Exactly. So it's like, even when I was digging into like, you know, I was even trying to be cool and like name drop people in Slave, but I'm like, well, they influenced Paul Stanley. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so it's like even the ones that like I was like digging deeper than a Paul or an Eddie or something like that. I was making connections to the newer artists that I was saying I was also a fan of their songwriting in. So it's like I've been mainly just trying to because I always love my 80s new wave, but it's really hard to implement elements of that aside from like vocal melodies. I mean, uh I mean, we'll get to on our uh, what are you listening to uh, segment here, but there's a couple of guys I'll bring up during that that kind of you know have versions of that in their you know slinky hard rock style. That's mm-hmm. you know uh, that sounds super cool when uh, we get to it. Oh yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, when you kind of when you take some of those like '80s new wave type songs, strip them down a little bit more. They're just Ramonesy punk songs. Exactly. So then it <laughs> turns true. into, well, now you're just writing a Ramon song if you're taking this, you know, 80s new wave thing, kind of stripping it down a little bit more, making it rock. Well, now you've just made a Ramon song. Yeah. <laughs> or even a Ramon song, you know, with three chords or whatever, could be a country song too within the right, you know, uh, you know, uh, lens or right oh, yeah. filter. Well, I've actually uh, kind of thinking on it too. The other thing that I want to find a way to better inspire me is the hooks in 80s new wave songs like the one i like immediately thinking of is like don't you want me yeah so you've got that cool little bass line in it but it's the synth doing the doom 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 so it's like i want to find ways to like get that on guitar that kind of stuff because like that's the stuff that really hooks me in with those new wave songs is those cool little synthy bits on top yeah so i'm like i need to find ways i so i guess it would be figuring out what are those root notes under those songs getting used to playing that sort of simplicity mm-hmm. and then hearing the kind of riffage on top of make it, it singy make it mm-hmm. hooky and that's the hardest part finding hooks and stuff like that instrumentally because everybody can write riffs and my other problem too is like i i am having to f- make myself a lyricist like i have never been a strong lyricist i haven't either like i can do uh you know as a great lyricist is fucking russ he'll never yeah. tell you that but oh, he's great he's great it's like it's just a whole different ball game being a lyricist and a writer and that kind of thing too where it's just like fuck I gotta get my thesaurus out <laughs> rhyme zone yes rhyme there you go rhyme <laughs> it, it is saved my ass more than many times and what's funny is more often than not I've not used a rhyme that I found on there but I've gone through the list seen all the possible rhyming words for a word and went okay I just need to change this line yeah, because it was a situation of like I went down the line, saw all the words that could be connected, and went, 
you know what? No, none of this really fits. So I I need to just go to the root of the problem and just rewrite this line and yeah. come up with a better ending phrase to call back to in a line or two. Sometimes that's that's all it takes is just like one line. But then what sucks is when that line is like connected to the other two and you're just like, fuck, that's the one that's the problem. And now I'm going to have to rewrite this whole verse. That, that happened to me fucking today. <laughs> That happened to me today. We're just like, fuck, this is a chorus. What I wrote was the chorus uh, started off as a verse. (laughs) I was like, fuck. (laughs) Yeah, no, so it it is just one of those. And I'm sure we're entertaining so many people going through this. (laughs) Aren't y'all loving this? This is how songwriting works. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, if people stick around, you know, I'd like to think we've got, you know, musicians that listen to this and maybe Mm -hmm. they're slightly entertained by our plight. Yeah. (laughs) This is like you listen to any guy in a band or any musician you know a podcast this is all they talk about too oh yeah it's great (laughs) no and so it's like so i guess between all the writing and the working and the traveling and everything i'm glad we've been able to bank some of these episodes and kind of keep it going on a weekly basis because if we can keep this up we'll do a christmas episode i don't think we didn't do a christmas episode last year i don't think so i don't think we did no, so uh, we, we still did a Halloween episode last year. We were like, fuck it, we got to do Halloween. Yeah. But no, we skipped Christmas last year. So if we, if we can keep these going regular again, we'll do a Christmas episode. Yeah, because I'm in a better Christmas mood this year than I was last year. I know. I, I know I won't be. No. It, you're, yeah. I'm back in retail, buddy. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> which I don't is, envy that. Which is, which is part of the reason I'm sitting here going, I kind of want to do a Christmas episode. <laughs> I've not had to do a Christmas I've not done a Christmas public thing since I've been in retail and you have a completely different anti-Christmas monster on your hand oh, when, it's, when I do retail. <laughs> so so I kind of want to do it just for the simple fact of I'm going to hate it the most, but I, but I feel like that's going to be funny. Oh, Especially if wait. we get the holly jolly elf Mikey in here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well what else has been going on in your end before we wrap this up? Uh, me and uh, see John Marlowe and Tiki, who listens to the show. I imagine. I hope he's listening to the show. Shout out, uh, shout out, Tiki. We had a uh, formed a band called Splats. Hello. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Very Nickel. It's like the Nickelodeon Splat is yeah. what I picture. <laughs> Even though that was Gak. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, that that'd be a, that could be a name. <laughs> the name that's, going that's, the, that's your album cover. There you that's go. That's your album title. Gak. The Splats record. Gak. With uh, but second we, record jizz, <laughs> <laughs> but we formed that with uh, Brad Mullins from uh, who used to sing in a group called Drat. <laughs> yes, not Drat the Luck, but Drat. Just yeah, exactly. It still makes me laugh. But uh, we uh, only had a couple practices and got a show booked, and uh, we played over at Tommy's Pub over the weekend, and I think it went pretty well. Mad got Bro- a good crowd too. Yeah, Mad Brother Ward got up to sing a couple of songs with us. We covered uh, "I Love Living in the City" by yep. Fear. You can see that on my uh, on my Instagram page and my facebook page if you give a shit what was funny though is um when russ was intro in that song he goes i love living in the city and someone in the back went you do yeah really (laughs) (laughs) i was like oh shit i'm glad i'm not up there that would have broke me i would have heard that i would have laughed (laughs) oh it was it was fun though i had a lot of fun doing that and uh of course marlo's one of the best drummers in town so i just seriously great i love playing along with him and he's a hell of a singer too as it turns out Mm, they definitely have their own style. It's definitely rockabilly, horror punk kind of vocal yeah, delivery. It's kind of, oh. Him and Brad. Mm-hmm. Just like, 
It's like Brad does like a low ho, and uh, Marlo does a hi ho. <laughs> what, what was that? <laughs> hi ho, Kermit the Frog here. <laughs> Kermit the Frog here. <laughs> well, y'all plan on, is this going to be like an ongoing thing? Y'all going to do any recordings? Or I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> do you have another show booked? Uh, nope, not at the moment. <laughs> it's like it's, it's just like Grave Rollers, you know. It's just We just play when we play. <laughs> Can't blame Tony now. Nope. <laughs> Brad lives in Raleigh, so who knows what's going to happen? But he's got three original songs that he uh, that we that uh, we played on uh, on Saturday that mm-hmm. were brand new, and they were pretty good too. So it'd be a shame if they didn't get recorded. No, the set was really solid, and uh, Russ coming up there doing those two songs was, of course, cool. But just the full set itself was good. And uh, what 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 is the what is the tip I gave you at the end of the night? What was the tip? trying to it's think very important oh yeah sir get my keep my pedal board my new pedal board yes in front where everybody can see me use it and, well i was gonna, not, not so behind they can, the fucking not, uh speakers not or anything so they like can that. see you use it so they can see you because you wind up using your wah pedal a lot so you're standing in front of the pedal board yeah if you put the pedal board right in front of a speaker you're standing directly in front of a speaker doing your solo I'm so it's, it's, so it's, so you don't want to show off your pedal board you're not trying to be a gear boy you just want to get up front center during your solos if you solo it's your time to shine brad need to step the fuck back he ain't soloing <laughs> all three well, of what my- do you what do you see me do with mikey i step the fuck back when it's solo time i give him some space all three of my pedals the tuner fucking boost and wah <laughs> yeah and it's a board yeah <laughs> lord it does three make- three pedals and he's got a board <laughs> it does make setup a lot easier <laughs> yeah Dunk. instead of click click <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> wow, you, you saved so much time. <laughs> but I got room for more if I want to get more. Oh boy, here he goes. Here we go. <laughs> Still got a phaser pedal that needs to get fixed. At least you don't have one of those Line Six fucking spaceships like Mikey's got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. He's got the two shows in. I was like, you're not using this live anymore. <laughs> no, that tube screener screamer. That's just like. <laughs> Yeah, that's all he needs. He just needs a little tube, tube screamer as a boost. That's that's all the boy needs. Can't go wrong with a classic Ibanez tube screener. No, tube screamer, tube screener, screamer, screamer, tube screener. That's the next. <laughs> that's the next one. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't get that. Um, the fucking um, God. The band name escaped me just now. The Steel Panther fucking wet pussy. Oh, God. <laughs> I forgot that was a thing. We covered that back in the early, I early remember. days. <laughs> I feel like that was the same episode as when, oh, yeah. Oh, wow. For some reason, I just started remembering a bunch of our old episodes. Here's a way to round it out. Whatever happened to the Ernie Ball beer? Oh God! Good question. <laughs> As I was like, I was like, oh shit, that was another one that like really piqued our interest at the time. But yeah, the super slinky beer. I feel like that's not a thing anymore. I'm I feel kidding. like that ever was a thing. It was barely a thing for a minute. <laughs> As I was like, even the Metallica beer stuck around for a while. Like they, they, like I, I saw that come and go. I didn't even remember the fucking Ernie Ball beer going. Let's see. Ernie. It'd be funny as shit as if like they just did like a month and they're like, no one wants this and like discontinued it. So you can get you can get the pint glasses. Uh, let's see, that's about it. That's all I can. Wow, that's all I've been able to see. Six string IPA collab with Ernie Ball, Central Coast Brewing. Oh, okay, it, it was probably just a short run thing, but no, I, I saw no one talk about that after like the main news press no, came out. Not after, yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, so oh well. Think about. I wasn't gonna drink episodes. it anyway. No, no, it's like I don't want to taste nickels. Now let's get punched in the mouth. Yeah, really. <laughs> taste pennies instead. IPA already tastes like fucking nickels. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's about time for us to dig on into our Spotify playlist, and we gotta figure out what the hell we've been listening to. What you listening to, son? I don't think you like it. Well, why not? I like this new generation of music. Where did you record this? I bought it at the mall. What that person on your tape has is a medical disorder. All right, Cap, what the hell have you been listening to? Man, I've been digging back into the Hanoi Rocks catalog. Oh, your God. favorites. <laughs> I will say, I gave them another shot. I still can't abide. Which one did you listen to? I don't know, but it was in the car with Tuck. Oh. <laughs> so, he was, so it was like so he, his So he choice. likes good music. Hey, he, he sure does. <laughs> he also likes some stuff that like Hanoi Rocks. <laughs> well, it's like if you're going to accuse them of being hair metal, I'd say they're like nothing. I like, didn't say that. Well, I, they look it. They definitely look it, but the music's not hair metal at all. There, there's, there's elements. I'd it. say it's more like New Wave meets New York Dolls, or at least it's like a Duran Duran met New York Dolls, especially the fucking... Uh, this album, Self Destruction Blues. Okay. There's a lot of uh, Duran Duran on this one. There's like uh, some like uh, synth riffs on it, and uh, Michael Monroe's deliveries, very new wave on this mm-hmm. album. And there's also just some like slinky, like Rolling Stones riffers, like uh, I Want You and Taxi Driver. And uh, let's see, I think, uh, let's see, nothing new, nothing new is a bop. Nothing new is a fucking like a bubblegum. Holy gum. shit, you just said a bop. Yes, like a bubblegum <laughs> sing along fucking, you know, Ramones bop. Diddy. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, that's just like a that's like a current kid, like current teen saying. And I was like, whoa. I'm that, he has I'm been hanging out now. with kids. Yes. <laughs> Teaching them. Yes. <laughs> Teaching them. Yes. Music. Clarify. Music. <laughs> Professionally. <laughs> But yeah, there's, uh, I think, Whispers in the Dark, uh, Beer and Cigarette. That's more of the new wavy uh, kind of stuff with uh, Michael's delivery. And it's not nearly as like hard rocking as, like say, uh, the follow-up would be uh, Two Steps from the Move. Mm-hmm. And that's a solid album from top to bo- uh, bottom, too. That was, actually, no, that's not the follow-up. That was the, that's two albums away from that. They actually had like the entire catalog up right now, which they didn't for the longest time on Spotify either. Yeah. So yeah, if I was going to recommend a Hanoi Rocks record, it would be, you know, for... Uh, the layman would be two steps from the move. Also, Bob Ezrin produced that one too, so he whipped them into shape. Okay, yeah, yeah. Although it was, it was 1984, Bob Ezrin, so I'm sure there's plenty of drugs to go around. Yeah, that too. was post elder Bob Ezrin, so yes. who knows? That <laughs> <laughs> he, he had already been let go from the Kiss Camp at that point. <laughs> right. See, Dead by Christmas is the uh, self destruction blues closer. Speaking of Christmas stuff, oh uh, yeah, and uh, that's just a fun one to put on during the holidays. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to during the. You got to hear this during the holiday season. We'll have to figure out. Christmas albums to talk about, I guess. Right. Just make a playlist. <laughs> and for mine, I want to know, and I'm putting this out there to everyone, why no motherfucker sat me down and went, you're going to listen to Tom Petty? Have I not? <laughs> no. <laughs> and see, and here's the other thing, too. You've played stuff, but like, I don't know, and I was, I was talking about this in the Discord, like, it all just kind of felt boring, if that makes any sense. Like, everything just... I don't know. I guess the Tom Petty you like is a lot of the slower, like, uh, breakdown 
type songs. Breakdown like th- from that f- see. Actually, my favorite one is once have been like uh, from Damn the Torpedoes on. Okay. And those first couple of records, there's kind of yeah, it's a hit or miss. Yeah. Breakdown's a good song and all that, but oh, yeah. American Girl is a classic, but a lot of the old, older stuff is definitely hit or miss. But but at the same time, I feel like that's a lot of the era you've played, so I only kind of got like that kind of style of it. And the thing is, is like. I've heard American Girl. I've never listened to American Girl. Right. And I was put in a situation on the Kiss Boat where I needed to know the song and I didn't. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to go through this again. And so it's <laughs> like, I started listening to it. I was like, okay, I, I get why this is like, you know, one of the most popular fucking songs ever. And then I found um, a compilation record that basically just has fucking everything. It's like the 76 to 2016 compilation. Yeah. And it's like, I just put that on shuffle. And I had the same scenario with them that I that with Tom that I did the cars. Right. <laughs> Every fucking song I was like A hit? He wrote this. Uh-huh. Oh, he wrote this? What the oh, I know this. But then I started remembering why I didn't listen to him. Every song that came across, I heard on the radio. Yep. I didn't give a shit about Tom Petty for the longest time because of that. And and little punk rocker me, radio is the enemy. Every time you turned on the radio, it wound up being, now as I know, a Tom Petty song. And I'm just sitting here going, I'm like, well, this is probably one of the other reasons why I never really listened to it because radio was the enemy. And like you hear Tom Petty, the first thing I always thought of was won't back down. Yeah, or free falling or, or some shit. Yes, exactly. So it's like, you say Tom Petty, I think those two songs. And I'm like, mm, no, that's not really for me. So Especially during that era. And then it's like, you know, even stuff like uh, You Wreck Me. Yeah. I never knew that was Tom Petty. It's a great I would, song, I, I heard it all the fucking time on the radio, but I was like, this is pretty cool. Never knew it was Tom. Yep. And like, I, so many of those little things like hit. And it was just like, what the fuck? So it's like, I started listening to it and I started getting mad. Because it's like some of the other songs I was finding that's like I was really enjoying were coming out of like 2006 and 2008. And I'm like, why uh-huh. did no one tell me that he is one of the most consistent songwriters? Dude, the last DJ or... Uh... Yes, that's the one that I immediately like fell hard in love with. I was like, this is fucking good. And then I looked it up. I was like... 2008? Yeah. What? What? No, 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 no. You're meaning to tell me. Motherfucker wrote the song in 2008. No. This sounds like something that came out in the late 70s. I know. It's (laughs) like they all sounded like, you know, classic Tom Petty records. Yes. And then like um, fucking Saving Grace. Saving Grace is a great fucking song. 2006. And I'm just like, okay. Why? Like, I started getting annoyed. I'm just like, why did no one just like sit me down and go, motherfucker, stop? And listen, I remember, I remember when that came out and everything too. I was just sitting there going like, "This sounds like something he would, would have put out, you know, t- at the time, 10, 15 years ago or whatever." It's like yeah. I think this, and then they started playing like live clips around that time. They were doing a live concert promo for it, mm-hmm. and uh, I got to see Mike Campbell rip a fucking guitar live with him too, and I became a fucking Mike Campbell fan at the time. And, and it is one of those weird things where you know, you know, maybe listeners are going like, "How did you not know all that was Tom Petty? How did you not listen to Tom Petty?" Okay, you like. You know, all this classic, you know, 70s rock. Why did you not delve into that? Well, one, radio was the enemy. And two, a lot of my musical education, of course, came from mom. And she has, you you think I have an opinion on music? <laughs> when she gets something in her mind, she either loves it or hates it. There is nothing in between. 
And I distinctly remember her not giving a shit about the Rolling Stones and Mm. Tom Petty. So those were two huge gaps in my musical education growing up, only because she didn't give a shit. And the thing she was showing me, I did like. Right. So when she went, no, Rolling Stones are fucking boring, or Tom Petty ain't worth nothing, you know, or whatever it is. Not her exact quotes, but, you know, whatever dismissive thing about the band I would take to heart because I was going, well, this is the person that also showed me Black Sabbath and Kiss and the Ramones and Sex Pistols. Yeah, Rolling Stones and Tom Petty ain't hard enough for her. Exactly. Well, she was also the one that still loved ABBA at the time, so it wasn't even... And I grew up around her listening to that 80s hair metal and 80s new wave. So it's like, you know, she was very eclectic still, but just for some reason, that was just stuff she did not dig into. So naturally, I was just like, well, fuck them, you know, because right. everything else she showed me was great. Why wouldn't I listen to her when she said something was shit? I was like, well, I'm not even going to give it a chance, you know? So it's just, it's more or less so what I was saying earlier, talking about songwriting stuff, is like, I've really like taken a liking to Tom Petty and like tried really dissecting just being like okay these are simple fucking songs and you and you know like 20 of them without thinking about it exactly so it's like i've been just really kind of consuming a lot more of that trying to get a lot more familiar and ingrained with it or more familiar and ingrained with it kind of like what i did with cars right where exactly like, where's another like, good example of that yeah i'm just like okay i already know 15 of their songs let me just listen to them more and find more that i like now that way with tom petty i'm like oh okay i already liked 15 of these songs and just didn't fully realize it or pay attention <laughs> that's just one guy too with like the Beatles it was four guys with Tom Petty it's one guy with that many fucking hits and exactly so it's like even the Beatles mom was a big Beatles fan so it's like I got hardcore Beatles knowledge as a kid even so it's like I have like all this weird musical knowledge but like that was one of those boats that like I did not just even dip my toe in that water so it's like I'm just way late to the game <laughs> hey it's never too late and it's a great songwriting fucking uh it's a great songwriting uh, course to go through. Oh, yeah. Now I'm trying to... Everybody's suggesting the, the Bruce Springsteen train, and I'm, I'm going to get there eventually. <laughs> yeah, see, see, uh, the reason I didn't get into the whole Springsteen thing before... Uh, so, so reason being for, like, Cheap Trick... Well, Cheap Trick I always like, but, like, they fully set in once I got to see them live, and I'm yeah. like, okay, I really like the band now. I've always liked them, but, like, seeing them live, like, solidified. I was like, okay, yeah, this is fucking They're so fun. great. <laughs> yeah, so, so seeing Cheap Trick solidified, me going, like, okay, yeah, I do like these guys. It's not just, you know because it's not just the hype it's not just hype or nostalgia because i even remember being a kid you know bouncing around i want you to want me you know and shit like that and then like finding surrender and me like oh they name drop kiss you know so it's like so it's like i'll always respect it and like cheap trick you know for those two reasons but then seeing it live really set it home and i don't know i guess just something just finally clicked with the tom petty train and the reason it also didn't for the longest time was I was raised by people like Jeff Williams, I was Eddie Ford, say. and Russ Ward. Uh-huh. <laughs> and none of them have nope. any appreciation for that shit. And for the longest time, Jeff Williams did not give a flying shit about Bruce Springsteen. And that solidified my, I don't give a shit about Bruce Springsteen. But even he's turned around in the last couple of years and been like, you know, Springsteen's actually pretty good. And now he's just hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> he's, so, num- he's the number one guy that's been pushing Springsteen on me like on Facebook threads and shit like that. Oh yeah, so, so now I'm just sitting here going I'm like, alright, I guess it just comes with age. I'll, I'll get there eventually. <laughs> the problem with Springsteen is that his style is very cinematic. 
which is cool. Different. I like that though. It's, like, it's and, not and a I problem. Guess it's also just different. coming from someone that's a visual guy. A cinematic music is fantastic for me. I love that kind of stuff. So I don't know. That, that's just. I'm on Tom Petty right now. Finally, right. reached the age where I got Tom Petty. Give, give me a few more years for Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, I suggest John Prine too, just because like you know it's just great stuff and it's funny mm-hmm. and it's like a lot of like I love snide and like snarky lyrics and John Prine was so fucking snarky. Oh yeah. So yeah, so that that's been my recent discovery of being like, okay, I guess I always did like Tom Petty. It's just taken a good handful of years and a few months to actually get me in it <laughs> tom petty's just fun because it's a studio nerds fucking group too oh yeah and like i said you know i know you play it all the time but again it just it felt like the songs you pick were always so slow right and so i'm just also using like free falling won't back down and now these other slow songs are almost like singer songwriter type stuff that he's just jamming on an acoustic which is also great like you know like uh, wildflowers wildflowers like fantastic song so it's like you would play something like that and that I would correlate that to free falling and won't back down. And I'm like, okay, he's just a slow crooner. And then it's like, just not making the connections with the other stuff because I just didn't give enough of a shit to even dive into it. Mm-hmm. And it's all of a sudden like, oh shit. Okay. I've been sleeping on this way too long. And his band's always been fucking killer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that's uh, kind of everything we got. I'll be uh, flying out uh, at the time of this recording. I'll be going home for Thanksgiving. Oh yeah. And I'll be sitting here stuffing my face with the family and then stuffing my face with leftovers and working yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i have a feeling i'm gonna get since, since i'll have the place all to myself yeah i feel like i'm getting back into that bad habit of like seriously i when i lived by myself and i was doing retail i had this horrible habit of like about maybe two nights a week i'd sleep in the bed because <laughs> i would just come home make food eat at the coffee table and watch TV until I fell asleep. Crash. (laughs) Yes. And then I would wake up, go, oh, fuck, take off my clothes, take a quick shower, change clothes, run out the door. (laughs) So it's like, I have a feeling I'm going to run back into that routine for a night or two. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. (laughs) And hopefully by uh, the next episode, hopefully by the next episode, we will have results to see yes if we are actually the winners for the queen city nerve so this is it's gonna be interesting i don't we i didn't wind up pushing it as hard as i thought i was going to but it seemed like people were actually sharing it and kind of voting and like getting back to me saying i got you because i'm like texting it out to people <laughs> so thank you guys that have uh, participated yes absolutely and we're slowly getting some shows booked up for 2022 new single will drop sometime in january of next year hopefully in the first couple weeks of the month and uh, my new single will be on streaming platforms eventually yeah <laughs> you just let me know when to pull that trigger and yeah. i'll pull that trigger <laughs> uh, must, before christmas it's gonna before be before christmas before christmas before Christ- okay if this is gonna be before christmas just figure out a date so i can get it all scheduled up yeah we'll, we'll we'll talk about that yeah cool but either way guess that's really all we've got sign up for the discord all that good shit uh spotify playlist is still down there and check out our new singles and cap do you have the fucking outro for us man you're not gonna tell kid rock how to live oh god i didn't i've not even watched the video i'll, I'll end with uh i will end with the quote from uh, the review of the track on an article that uh Devin sent me about it okay <laughs> oh you and Devin are texting buddies now oh we've been texting buddies for a minute uh, but the track, uh, let's see, da, 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 da. <laughs> the, <laughs> the review quotes, he's also very concerned that we all understand that he, Kid Rock, is still having sex with many ladies with his penis. Definitely. <laughs> it's, a, such a, uh... it's such a snarky review, and it's great. <laughs>
Thank you for listening. Please insert another coin by supporting the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash somethinggoodnetwork.